0: On the Schmooze is a headliner on the business podcast hub, C-Suite Radio, which is part of C-Suite Network. They also have C-Suite TV, where you can watch in-depth interviews with business content for leaders and entrepreneurs. The good news, it's all on demand. Check it out at c tvcom and c-suiteradio.com. Now, onto this week's show. Welcome back to On the Schmooze. Thank you so much for joining me. Last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Mary Pallon. This week, you'll be hearing from me, your host. Every other week, I'll be offering my take on some aspect of networking and relationship building. These shorter podcast episodes will include practical tips and techniques you can put into practice right away. My hope is that insights from me and my guests will help you achieve the leadership position you're seeking, build and sustain your professional network, and find the work-life balance that works best for you. This week, I'll be sharing tips to help you more effectively and inclusively network with people with disabilities. This is an excerpt from my soon-to-be-released book, Croissants vs. Bagels, Strategic, Effective, and Inclusive Networking at Conferences. I encourage you to download the transcript of today's tips so you can easily reference them or share them. You can do that by going to ontheschmooze.com and looking for episode 44. Creating a welcoming event is a multifaceted endeavor, and I would be remiss if I did not offer some guidance on how to communicate with a person with a disability. Unfortunately, the angst people have about networking gets amplified when they're given the opportunity to connect with those with disabilities. This may be true even if you have a disability yourself. Some people choose to avoid engaging rather than do or say something wrong. Others Make it awkward, hesitant effort, which is sometimes perceived as inconsiderate, and rather than making someone feel included, may have the exact opposite effect. The bottom line is to be respectful. Aside from that basic tenet, there are some things to keep in mind when communicating with someone who is differently able than you. Just as you shouldn't comment on how tall someone is or zero in on any other feature they have no control over, don't ask that curious question that popped into your head when you first met a person with disability. You will get a rote response, and it won't lead to a more engaging conversation. What's the first thing you should do when you meet someone? Shake their hand and introduce yourself. You might be thrown off if you meet someone who isn't able to shake hands for one reason or another. The thing is, they can. The social cue works even if the person has an artificial limb, arm only to their elbow, or very limited hand use. The gesture still works as a social cue and can also be done using left hands if that feels more appropriate. Remember, interpreters and companions are not who you're trying to connect with. Therefore, don't direct your question to them. Maintain eye contact with a person with a disability so they know you're waiting for them to respond. One of the ways people who are temporarily able-bodied interact with people with disabilities is to offer assistance. The instinct to help is great. Just be sure this particular person wants your help. This means you need to wait for a response before jumping in with unsolicited help. Listen carefully to the response so you can follow specific instructions. The onus is on the person with a disability to ask for help, not for you to offer. Treat adults as adults, says Glenda Watson-Hyatt, a motivational speaker who offered guidance for this section of the book. She says, address people who have disabilities by their first names, Only when extending the same familiarity to all others. Now imagine you are sitting in a chair and everyone around you is standing. The person standing to your left is engaging you in a conversation, so you're awkwardly turning to look up at them. How long could you hold this position before your neck and back ached? Okay, so now you can imagine why lowering yourself to eye level when speaking to someone in a wheelchair is so helpful. Sit in a chair if one is nearby, or squat if you have to, but Don't tower over someone you're speaking with. This also could be perceived to be a power play, an unfortunate dynamic that will not help build a strong connection. Bear in mind that a wheelchair is not furniture. It's tempting to rest against a wheelchair if you're tired of standing. To the person using the wheelchair, it feels like you're leaning directly on them. If there wasn't a wheelchair, you wouldn't think to move into someone else's personal space like that. Same rules apply here then. Glenda offers one caveat. If, however, you need to steady yourself for a moment, simply ask first. Speaking of wheelchairs, one of our worst instincts is to pat people on the head or shoulder if they're using a wheelchair. No. Just no. Remember that the goal in communication is understanding. If the person you're speaking with has difficulty with verbal communication, you should ask fewer open-ended questions and focus instead on ones that can be answered yes or no. You could also ask if they would like to write their response either on a paper or by using a device. Be patient as they do this. What you don't want to do is finish sentences for them, which may come across as impatience, or act as if they make perfect sense when you have no idea what they're saying. Actually, it would be best if you repeated what you heard and gave them an opportunity to clarify or confirm. Understanding can be difficult if you are speaking with someone who is deaf and you do not know American Sign Language. Not all people who are deaf can read lips, so don't assume that that will help. Ask by gesturing. You'll need to first get their attention by either waving your hand or lightly tapping on their shoulder. Of course, if you are standing in a dark corner, it will make reading lips much harder, as will speaking very quickly, eating, drinking, or smoking. Basically, make sure you are well-lit that you keep your mouth clear of objects and be sure you are turned towards a person who is deaf. It's possible that you will be speaking with someone who is hard of hearing. They may need to situate themselves so the ear they hear best out of is closer to you. If you are aware of this, be mindful when choosing where you are sitting. As I mentioned, sometimes the easiest way to communicate is using paper and pen or a device to share words or phrases. If someone is having a hard time understanding you, type your comment or question in a notepad on your phone. Most times, if you want to gracefully exit a conversation, it's easiest to do so when you're in a group of three or more people. You can just step away with barely a murmur. Of course, if one of the people in the group is blind, then you'll want to be sure that they realize you are stepping away. This is especially true if you are speaking one-on-one with a person who is blind, ducking away even momentarily to grab your drink off the bar or greet someone who just walked in will leave that person standing by themselves without knowing where you went or even knowing that you've left. Great to see you. Oops, did I just say that? Are you anxious about avoiding this kind of common expression when speaking with a person who is blind or saying, hey, did you hear about, to someone who is deaf? It's okay. Don't make a big deal. Pointing it out and discussing your feelings is what you want to avoid. That puts the burden on the person with a disability, and for them, this is just life. It's not the first time they've heard that expression, and it won't be the last. Sometimes, it's not immediately obvious that the person you're speaking with has a disability. If someone keeps asking you to repeat yourself, it's possible that they're hard of hearing, you can suggest moving the conversation to a quieter location. Try to keep an open mind and not judge someone because they have a weak handshake, it's possible it would be painful to squeeze. Have compassion if someone seems completely fine the first day of the conference, and on the second day they're having a hard time standing for long periods of time. It's possible they could be experiencing flare-up from a chronic pain. Social cues are a huge part of networking, and for people with autism, this is a challenge. I remember speaking with someone, and at the end of the conversation, I shook his hand, said it was nice to chat with him, And then I hesitated. I didn't walk away. I was waiting for him to acknowledge the social cue, to acknowledge that I was leaving. After a few more minutes of chatting, I realized that I was in control of the situation and didn't have to wait for him to respond. I shook his hand, said, I'm going to go now, and walked away. Later, we became friendly, and he told me he had autism, which then was defined as Asperger's. I asked him about that interaction. I asked if he had still been standing there because I was standing there. He simply said, yeah. I had felt so rude and abrupt walking away without him acknowledging it by saying, nice to see you too. He told me he appreciated how explicit I had been. He spends a lot of time not quite sure what the socially correct response is, but with me, he knew I was going and it was clear. Lesson learned. If someone isn't understanding social cues because of autism, being from another culture, being obtuse and self-centered, or being inebriated, none of that means that you need to feel stuck in a conversation. It's up to you to take care of yourself and move on, even if in the moment it feels rude. Don't avoid people with disabilities. If you have the opportunity to make a connection at a conference or elsewhere. As Glenda says, Don't be afraid to ask questions when you're unsure what to do. If you have a disability, don't hesitate to ask for what you need to be present and engaged in the room. If you need someone to speak louder, or for the music to be lowered, or need to move a conversation over to the chairs, you need to be your own best advocate. Thanks again for listening to this solo episode of On the Schmooze. Do you host a conference or convention and want your attendees to feel that your event was incredibly valuable because of all the connections they made? I work with associations and companies to design events that increase engagement and create a welcoming culture for all attendees, especially your first-time attendees. The result is that long-time attendees, presenters, and board members have a host mentality, and all attendees have the tools to strategically build relationships and the professional network at your event. If you want to increase ROI for your attendees and therefore their retention, email me and we'll schedule a call. Email Robbie at RobbieSamuels.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E at R-O-B-B-I-E-S-A-M-U-E-L-S. And I would love it if listeners join the launch team for my book. It's coming out this summer and it's called Croissants Versus Bagels, Strategic, Effective and Inclusive Networking and Conferences. If you'd like to support my book launch, send me an email at robbie at com. If you want an easy way to say the tips from this episode, you can just download the transcript so you can easily print it or save it in your files. To get started, visit the show notes at com, Look for episode 44. And if you want to discover other business podcasts, check out C-Suite Radio at c sweetradio.com where you'll find On the Schmooze in good company with other C-Suite Radio headliners. I want to sincerely thank all of you who've already subscribed and left a rating and review in iTunes. By subscribing and leaving a rating and review in iTunes, you're helping this podcast get discovered by more listeners. Will you subscribe and leave an honest rating and review? It's easy to find our iTunes page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. That's Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. Thank you again. And I look forward to connecting again next week for a longer episode when I'll be interviewing a talent professional about their untold stories of leadership and networking. We'll explore their career challenges, work-life balance, and how they built a strong professional network on their way to becoming successful leaders. Until then, have an awesome week.